This week's episode is brought to you by Bureau Veritas. At Bureau Veritas, each and every member of the team is by your side to help you navigate your decarbonization journey. This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today we're going to Nairobi and London, virtually of course, for a new call to tax shipping's carbon and an assessment of the targets that global shipping is striving for. It's been two weeks in which the debate over global efforts to tackle shipping's greenhouse gas emissions are on the move. So we're going to bring back my favorite way to travel around the world while still sitting here at my home office in Miami, the Indiana Jones map sequence. Long-term listeners to this podcast know the one. Indiana Jones is sitting in a propeller airplane as a red line is drawn across a map showing his journey, which apparently included a lot of refueling stops and plane changes. Our voyage takes us first to Kenya's capital, where leaders met for the Africa Climate Summit. This is the country's president, William Ruto, in a public address broadcast by NTV Kenya. This week, African leaders from government and the private sector, as well as academic, scientific, technological, philanthropic, and civil society sectors converged in Nairobi to confer, consult, deliberate, and formulate consensus on a clear, new, bold, innovative, transformational, and distinct African position on how the international community must engage with the undeniable climate emergency that is threatening human well-being and life on our planet. What came out of that search for consensus is called the Nairobi Declaration, which saw African leaders take their first joint position on efforts to tackle greenhouse gas emissions. And included in that declaration was a line calling for global taxation regime on fossil fuel trade, aviation, and maritime transport. That last one is something that's been under debate at the International Maritime Organization, or IMO, which is working to set up the policy mechanisms that will drive shipping toward the net zero goal set by the UN body in July. No one uses the word taxation at the IMO, rather the proposals there focus around a levy on greenhouse gas emissions, or a fund and reward mechanism, or even a cap and trade scheme. But let's face it, it's a tax, aimed at narrowing the gap between the high cost of green fuels and cheap fuels, and raising revenue for decarbonization. Anna Laringera is a shipping manager at Opportunity Green, an NGO that pushes for regulatory and legal action to decarbonize the industry. She called the Nairobi Declaration a loud call for action on a carbon levy. We were very uh, happy to see uh, a specific call uh, when it comes to uh, taxing uh, maritime transport and also aviation. And I think that this has been an area that perhaps people haven't been paying as much attention um, as before. Uh, But actually, the timing for this is right now. Um, The International Maritime Organization is going to be discussing uh, the potential to adopt a levy in order to meet the targets that it has agreed to this summer. And it's key timing to actually the African nations to come out and call. Collab on IMO really to to deliver uh, on on this request. 
Now, at the IMO, we've seen many developing countries express concerns about a carbon levy, worried that a tax would disproportionately hurt their economies, and that they'll be frozen out of the technological developments in the green transition for shipping. But other developing countries, particularly those vulnerable to climate change, have been among the most strident proponents of a carbon levy, with small island nations putting forward one of the leading proposals. Because they know that no matter what, in this transition, they will probably be one of the countries bearing the most costs. But actually, if we put in place a levy that generates revenues as part um, of its design, we can also use those revenues to not only close the gap between fossil fuels and alternative fuels uh, to send a signal to the market, but also to use the funds to generate a, an equitable transition of the shipping industry, and support those countries with additional funds, etc. And that means using revenue to mitigate the impact of climate change and to multiply the positive economic impacts of the green transition. But as support grows for a global levy, Laringera said that that mechanism won't work alone. It has to be done alongside a proposed fuel standard, which would ratchet down the carbon intensity permitted in shipping fuels. And now, our journey takes us to London, where the IMO has its headquarters and where the UK is hosting its largest shipping industry event of the year. The IMO adopted new decarbonization targets in July, aiming for net zero greenhouse gas emissions in about 2050. There are also so-called indicative checkpoints, aiming for 20 to 30% reductions in 2030 and 70 to 80% cuts 10 years later. Environmental groups lambasted the targets for failing to line up shipping's decarbonization pathway with a science-based trajectory that is aimed at keeping average global temperature rises from exceeding 1.5 degrees Celsius, as the Paris Agreement calls for. But Nish Ramatula, an academic at University College London's UCL Energy Institute and a principal consultant at advisory UMass, has been crunching the numbers with his colleagues. He presented the findings of a UMass report at London International Shipping Week. The IMO's targets don't align with that 1.5 degree pathway, but it's close. It's more like 1.6 degrees. Really, when we crunch the numbers, the IMO's revised strategy is a significant leap in terms of ambition, and it closely, very closely aligns with uh, some of the science-based targets that we have uh, produced before. And so there's much closer alignment in, in terms of ambition for the sector. That doesn't mean that shipping should give up on 1.5. After all, every fraction of a degree warming above 1.5 means more climate change pain. Rather, it means the IMO should strengthen its targets the next time it meets to revise its strategies. UMass thinks it should adopt stronger goals for the end of this decade and bring forward its net zero goal to 2040. And the researchers believe the IMO should move quickly to adopt the policy mechanisms that will make targets into reality. That includes putting a price on carbon, adopting that fuel standard, and strengthening the current regulations on carbon intensity. But Rematula and his colleagues at UMass wrote that it also requires more national and regional action on shipping's emissions, not to mention private sector moves. National and regional action will be key in 2027 and 2028, they said, and cleaning up domestic fleets is also important. The European Union is about to start requiring shipping to pay for the right to pollute through its emissions trading system and its adopted legislation to ratchet down the carbon intensity of shipping fuels. But UMass said these need to be strengthened. The forums for national action, really, you could say, is the regional action where you could focus on the EU. And then the other places are green corridors. On the EU front, with what's happening with the IMO and the strategy, 
the IMO, uh, the EU ETS and the EU fuel standards are kind of really losing their salience, really, um, because they're not ambitious enough. Uh, and so they're kind of really adding additional administrative burden for ship owners and not doing much to the transition because that's something that the IMO is already doing. Uh, so on that front, the EU policies really need to increase their ambition. Uh, and also at the same time, um, factor in just an equitable transition, because you've got to remember it's a regional initiative which will have an impact on trade costs with other partners and other vulnerable countries. So figuring out mechanisms to try and uh, reduce that burden uh, on those economies would be crucial. And on green corridors, uh, there's a lot of talk about green corridors coming online by 2030. And what we are showing and saying here that actually that's going to be, that's well late. And we need something much earlier if you want to uh, uh, show early mover action. But the U.S. team also called for action from the private sector. Companies should not be complacent, and they should develop decarbonization strategies that go beyond the IMO's new targets and upcoming regulations. They should think about all the pressures to cut greenhouse gas emissions. I asked Rematula if he thinks that the new IMO targets, as they stand now, are enough to give shipping guidance on, say, what vessel to order today that will sail for the next two decades or more, or whether that guidance will come from future policy mechanisms. It's a mix of both, and I'll tell you why. Because it's not only just about policy. If you are a business that wants to retain reputation and a brand, you kind of nowadays have to sign up to your scope three emission targets. And that's not regulation. That's consumer pressure or investor pressure, which is coming from, from those sides. And, and so therefore, it's your business decisions are not just the regulatory. Yes, regulatory really helps because it makes sure that everyone else is doing the same thing as you. Um, but this is where, but this is why we have differences in businesses, right? Some will be um, doing better than the others in terms of their brand and reputation and really easily be able to factor in, in these additional levers and pressure points that might be coming. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. This week's Green Seas newsletter took a look at the sustainability discussions taking place at London International Shipping Week. It included a news story by my colleague Lucy Hine reporting that the Poseidon Principles, a group of banks that report on the emissions of their ship finance portfolios and how those compare to decarbonization targets, is about to meet to agree on a tougher trajectory. Sign up for the newsletter at tinyurl.com slash greenseas. In another story, Lucy reports that City Shipping Banker and Poseidon Principles Chairman Michael Parker said that many in shipping don't believe that the new IMO carbon targets matter, but he said they're real, and the industry is going to be very different a decade from now. The Zero Emission Maritime Buyers Alliance, or ZEMBA, has asked shipping companies to bid on hauling 600,000 20-foot containers over three years using green fuels. The coalition includes major shippers of containerized freight, including household names like Amazon, Ikea, and Nike. Read those stories and more at tradewindsnews.com. Music for this episode is by Pillow Vibes from Toontank. <laughs>